In Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, the Apostle Paul writes, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Our calling as followers of Jesus on Good Friday is to remember what Christ has done for us and what it cost him. Too often we want to rush by it to get to the joy of Easter morning, but we more fully appreciate the joy of Easter once we walk through the sorrow of Good Friday. We more fully understand what the faith is about once we recognize the cross as the center. Eugene Peterson writes this. He says, The single overwhelming fact of history is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. There is no military battle, no geographical exploration, no scientific discovery, no literary creation, no artistic achievement, no moral heroism that compares with it. It is unique, massive, monumental. The cross of Christ is not a small secret that may or may not get out. The cross of Christ is not a minor incident in the political history of the first century that is a nice illustration of courage. It is the center. The cross of Christ is the central fact of which all other facts are subordinate. So tonight, we at ECC, along with our sisters and brothers from Riverside Covenant Church in West Lafayette, Lafayette, invite you to take part in this Tenebrae service. Tenebrae is a word that simply means darkness. Certain places during the service, the candles over here on my right will be slowly extinguished and darkness will begin to descend upon the room. It is symbolic of the darkness of Christ's crucifixion. This is an interactive service. At certain points, both in person and online, you are invited to take part. And then at the end of the service, after the Christ candle is extinguished, on the table to my right, we will sit for a few seconds in darkness. And when the lights come up, we simply ask that you leave the building, at least until you get out into the parking lot, in silence. Would you pray with me as we open? Father God, we come to you on this solemn and sacred evening, and we begin by giving thanks for what you have done for us in the birth, life, death and resurrection of Jesus. But tonight, we ask you, O God, to attend to us in this this space tonight. We ask that you would enable us to attend to your spirit and the passages from Scripture that are offered, that we would walk with your Son, Jesus, through this night, that we would remember what he has done for us and that we would give thanks. We pray that all we do this evening would bring you honor and glory and would drive us, Lord, closer to your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to one after another, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, 
he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. If you're in the room, uh, we invite you to stand as we worship together.
When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, This very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here. Keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with him. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw by the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how, then, would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Please stand with us as we continue in worship.
Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. But I say to all of you, in the future you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. Then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, Christ, who hit you?
While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene, Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, surely you are one of them for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses and swore to them, I don't know this man that you're talking about. Immediately, the rooster crowed the second time, and then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate the governor. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, his blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put his staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon. They forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots and sitting down. They kept watch over there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. 
Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself, come down from the cross. If you are the son of God, in the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Matthew chapter 27, verses 45 to 56. From noon until about three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge filled it with sour wine, and put it on a stick and offered him a drink. But the rest said, Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. But Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. Suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. The tombs were also opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And they came out of the tombs after his resurrection, entered the holy city, and appeared to many. When the centurion and those with him who were keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they were terrified and said, truly this man was the son of God. Many women who had followed Jesus from Galilee and looked after him were there watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of Zebedee's sons. Afterward, Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus for fear of the Jewish leaders, boldly asked Pilate for permission to take Jesus' body down. Pilate told him to go ahead. So he came and he took it away. Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night, came too bringing a hundred pounds of embalming ointment made from myrrh and aloes. Together they wrapped Jesus' body in a long linen cloth saturated with the spices, as is the Jewish custom of burial. The place of crucifixion was near a grove of trees where there was a new tomb never used before. And so, because of the need for haste before the Sabbath, and because the tomb was close at hand, they laid him there.
Good evening. I'm Pastor Kurt from ECC. We would now like to invite you into a time of acknowledgement and confession of our sins. I encourage you to grab um, one of the sanitized pens that you'll find in the pew in front of, in the back of the pew in front of you, and the piece of paper that you picked up when you entered the sanctuary this evening. I'm going to invite you to write any sin or sins that God brings to mind during this time on that piece of paper uh, as the worship team leads us in song here in a few minutes. So in the past um, services, we've nailed these pieces of paper uh, to the cross as an act of worship. Uh, we have a different plan this evening. Um, instead, we're gonna, when, when you finish writing the sins, I invite you to fold your piece of paper, come forward and place that paper uh, in, this metal, in a metal container at the foot of the cross. Also, in lieu of nailing them to the cross, I also invite you to bring the nail with you that you were give, picked up and drop it in the metal bucket. It will make a clamoring noise that isn't pleasant necessarily. That's by design. Make the noise. Just like the noise made by nailing our Lord Jesus and our sin to the cross, be disturbed by the noise. David said in Psalm 32.3, when I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away. Elsewhere in Psalm 39, he said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any offensive way in me. So I invite you to this now into this time of acknowledgement and confession as the worship team plays. Savior, I come, quiet my soul, remember, redemption's hell, where your blood was spilled, for my
I want to invite you now into a time of corporate, uh, just to, to join me in the corporate prayer confession that will be uh, projected on the screen behind me. Let's pray together. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Still repeat Jesus 
reading from Isaiah. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silence, he did not open his mouth. By, but by oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he did no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. It is finished. <laughs> 